0: You're listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Hey, good morning. Let me echo uh, happy Father's Day greetings to all of our dads uh, who are here today. Our our dads, our uh, granddads, our stepdads, our expectant dads. Uh, it's great to have you worshiping with us today. Whether you're here with us in person or online, uh, I know I had a chance to greet some folks this morning. This was their very first. Father's Day to celebrate as a dad, and I got to thinking this week, this is my 25th, my 25th, my, uh, my silver anniversary as a dad. Yeah, that's it, right? But uh, really, really glad that you are here today to celebrate uh, this. And, and certainly being a father, if you've been a father for one year or 25 or many, many more, uh, you probably have encountered one or two anxious moments, right? Uh, a few, and probably there are more to come, but I'm really thankful that God's Word gives us some very clear directives on how we are to handle anxiety about fathering, uh, parenting, and really anything that has to do uh, with living our lives in a way uh, that that really enjoys uh, God's presence and invites His presence to to intervene and be a part of everything that we're about and everything that we're doing and every way that we're living. And so uh, this morning we're continuing our series, Anxious for Nothing, uh, looking at Paul's words to the Philippian church and Philippians 4 specifically. If you guys want to join me uh, in taking a look at that, whether you have your Bibles or you can see the passages on the screen, and let's take a look at Philippians 4 uh, verses 4 through 9. This is our focus for this month. This morning I want to focus on the fact that when we pray to God with thanksgiving in our anxious moments, that God gives us his peace. He does not necessarily give us an answer to our prayer or a change in our circumstance, but God gives us his peace. Let me tell you, God's peace is not a consolation prize, It is not a consolation prize. It is not a lesser than thing. It is the ultimate because to experience God's peace, it only comes in God's presence. And God's presence is everything. The gift of peace is what we're going to look at. The peace of God that only God can give. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, we have invited you and we continue to invite you to come in all the expressions of who you are, we thank you that you are our peace, that you are our joy, that you are our righteousness. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and bring the fullness of the kingdom of God to our hearts, to our minds, to our relationships, to our families, to this, your church, to this community, to our country, to our world. Come Holy Spirit, come and do in us uh, what only you can do to come and bring peace, to speak peace be still to raging waters and storms in our lives and around us. We thank you. We invite you to come and do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I know a lot of people are on vacation coming in and out. I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago. Just a, a quick reminder on some of the things that are going on in this passage. Uh, but the, the whole idea of, of the word that, that Paul uses for. Anxiety or to be anxious it, it brings up the idea of having a divided mind. can you relate to that? I mean, when we worry about things, we, we it typically happens when we're in the midst of a situation or circumstance that's not ideal, right? And we begin to worry, and typically most of us I know i don't I don't stay in the moment. I start projecting like well, what if this happens? well then it's going to bring about this, and all of a sudden i'm thinking days, weeks, months ahead, and, and I'm still supposed to be dealing with what's going on right here, right now. It distracts me. It divides my attention. Uh, it, 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 then as a result, it discourages me, and I get overwhelmed, and that's the fruit of anxiety when we choose to live at it. We're not able to function as a whole person, the the whole person that God wants us to be and enables us and empowers us to be. Anxiety, it takes a toll on our emotional, and our physical resources, and all of a sudden, we're just spent, and we have nothing to give uh, to to God, to our family, to our spouse, to our children, to our our work situation, because we have been overwhelmed by worry and anxiety, and what Paul's echoing here is the words of Jesus from, um, in many occasions, particularly his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, he, he says three times he warns against squandering our energy, energy that is meant for today. Uh, he, he tells us, don't worry about tomorrow, what it will bring, that the peace of God that enables us to focus on today, he will provide. Through his presence, through his guidance, through his love, his goodness, in God's peace, he takes our divided minds, our distracted minds, our disjointed emotions and thoughts, and he brings them together and he makes them whole. And that's the, that's the whole idea of the word uh, of what peace is. This the word that Paul uses in the Greek for peace is to set at one, to make whole again. That Hebrew word uh, in the Old Testament, the shalom, that's what it is. God is a God of wholeness and holiness. He wants to impart that uh, in us, his state of calmness and quietness that we can experience in the midst of chaos, in the midst of noise. And God's peace is not just a state of mind, it's not just about our mental uh, faculties, it is about something that begins in our spirits and our minds and our hearts, but it, it is supposed to emanate into our relationships, and we are to be people that are able to exude peace uh, in, in, in our relationships. We're going to talk more about that uh, in just a moment. Uh, he, he wants to first and foremost give us peace through a relationship with him. And that's the source of all peace, all true peace. Because of our sinful state, and we were all born sinners. I know that, you know, we're, we're, it's Father's Day, and I, I think back on, on January 20th, 1998, when our first child came in the world, and, you know, Lily's born, and she's healthy, and she's beautiful and wonderful, and she's a sinner, <laughs> you don't see that in the, in the, you know, the, the birth announcements, do you? Well, join us in welcoming our sinner into the world. But, but that's, that's the reality for all of us, all three of my kids, all of yours as well. And that's the reality that we're all born in a sinful state in need of, of, of salvation. We're born at war with a holy God. And God loved us, and he gave his son Jesus for us to take away our sin, to take it on himself, to be actually in his sinless state, to become sin for us so that we could be reconciled to a holy God. And Jesus... One of his names is Prince of Peace, and he is that for us. He gives salvation to all who trust in him. And that is the first step for us to be able to experience this gift of peace that God brings only through a relationship with him made possible through Jesus Christ. There's no other way for us to know lasting peace and please know that I'm thankful for all the great resources that we can avail ourselves of whether it's 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 good help self help books therapists counselors those are all really really good things but it all begins and ends with a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that is the foundation of true and lasting peace and i just want to say this if you are not in relationship with God through Jesus Christ if you have not Receive the gift of God's uh, salvation extended to every single one of us, no matter what you have done, no matter what you're doing, or no matter what you're planning to do. You can do that today. God's, he's, he's made it really simple. He, he just tells us if we confess our sins, if we acknowledge our sinful state, our need for him, and we confess that sin and we ask him for his forgiveness, that he will forgive us if we put our trust in Jesus as his son, as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, and I encourage you, if you've not yet done that, you can do that. Even right now in this moment, you can do that. You can do that this morning. We would love to know that you've made that decision and help you begin your faith journey. We are all welcomed into God's family And when we become part of God's family, we become citizens of his kingdom. And Paul describes his kingdom as as not a list of things that we do and don't do, but it is an experience of him coming and setting things right. Another word we use for that is righteousness, his joy, and also his peace. This is the dynamic of living in God's presence. And if we look back at the beginning of the section that we just read this morning in Philippians 4, uh, notice, notice this word, these words beginning. Uh, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. That is because the Lord is near, because God Emmanuel, God with us, because he is here, that changes everything, doesn't it? Uh, it changes everything. And that is the basis of the peace, the gift of God's peace that we can experience, that he is with us. And we're, when we're dealing with all kinds of trouble, Paul says, hey, you need to talk, you need to talk to God, you need to pray, you need to pray in any way you know how. And pray with thanksgiving, and it reminds us of like the psalmist says in Psalm 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Coming with with authenticity, not putting up a charade or a facade, saying, God, I'm hurting. God, I am distressed about this. I'm I'm, I'm concerned about my children. I'm concerned about our financial well-being. I'm concerned about the future, the state of our country. Whatever it is that causes you worry and anxiety, coming to God, bringing these requests to him, knowing that the Lord draws near. He is near to all who call on him. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And that's why the cry of so much of our prayer and our worship is for God's presence. So many of the songs that we sing are are simple prayers of God. I I desire your presence. Uh, Your presence is life to me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me uh, with your presence. Why do we sing that? Because the peace of God is found only in the presence of God. And that's why we want to hunger. We want to thirst for the presence of God. You've heard me say it many times. You will hear me say it many more times. Our worship welcomes the manifest presence of God. Yes, God is everywhere. But when we worship, when we pray, and we come before him, we, we welcome him. We welcome his presence. And, and, and knowing that he is with us, that changes everything. It changes everything. It gives us his peace like nothing else can or ever will. So when worries and anxieties come, and they do and they will, bring them, bring all of them, Paul writes, bring every little one, every big one, everything in between, bring them to God in prayer with thanksgiving. But I remind you to do so understanding... That in this situation and really in the whole of Scripture, that we are not necessarily promised a change in our circumstances or the granting of our specific request. What are we promised? The better thing. The, the, the gift of God's peace, which is always, always the best outcome. And I realize sometimes that's easier said than truly believed and received, right? Right? It's like, well, God, thank you for your peace, but I really wanted this. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? This is, this is the peace that Paul is talking about. This is how he describes it in Philippians 4-7. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the promise. When we bring our anxious thoughts before God, when we bring our cares, our worries before Him, and we, we present them, we pray every way that we know how. We do so with thanksgiving. We bring these and it doesn't say that we're going to get exactly what we prayed for. It says that we will get the peace of God which transcends all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. The promise is that God will come to us in such a way that we can experience His peace that wholeness, that shalom, regardless of what's going on around us or even what's going on inside of us, whether the struggle continues or whether it does come to an end, either way, we can know that everything is going to be okay because why? The Lord is near. God is with us. He is our Emmanuel. And Paul is saying, hey, let me give you a heads up. Uh, it's not going to make sense. God's peace does not make sense in these situations, does it? It doesn't, but it happens. And that's why Paul says it transcends all understanding, the peace of God. It cannot be accounted for through human intellect. It can't. We can't figure it out. We can't, oh, uh, let's unpack this. Let's, let's break this down so that we can, we can grasp it. We can't because it transcends our human rationale and reasoning. And that's why, why Paul says, hey, the Scripture doesn't say that our circumstances are immediately going to change. Because if the circumstances immediately changed, then it would be peace that comes from an understanding, right? I was without a job. I prayed. I took it to God. And I got a job that was even better than I had wanted or hoped for. And I'm now at peace. That is a good thing. I love it when that happens. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I I do. I'm thankful for when that happens that way. But that's not hard to understand why you would then be at peace, right? It's like, okay, God, you answered my prayer in this way, and therefore uh, that that makes sense to even an an unbeliever, a non-believer, someone who's completely unspiritual. That would make complete and total sense. But that's not what he's saying here. He is saying that you know, if you had a situation where... Uh, things are not not going well, and you're praying, and they continue to not go well, that even in the midst of things not going well or the way that you wanted or hoped, or even prayed specifically that they would, even in the midst of that, you can experience the peace of God, that wholeness, the shalom of God's kingdom. And that's what he's inviting us into because Jesus himself said it rains on the just and the unjust. In scripture, rain in most cases is a blessing of God, except when it goes for 40 days, then it's a problem. But it's a situation where as Christians, are we... we, called to live a life that says, you know what? Because I'm a follower of Jesus, because I have accepted God's gift of salvation and am seeking to follow Jesus in my everyday life, you know what? My card never breaks down. But sometimes we, 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 we don't necessarily express it that way, but sometimes we really think that way. And we know that, you know, Bad things happen to good people, and good things happen to bad people, and good things happen to Christian people and people who are followers of Jesus, and and sometimes bad things happen because we live in this broken, sinful kingdom, the kingdom of this world, as people of the kingdom of God, and we know how this will end. And we know that as we're dealing with all the stuff that God still promises His peace. So what is to make us different? What makes us different is the fact that we really can have peace at all time. And it's not just putting on a good face. Oh, everything's just fine. When inside you are falling apart. No, it is that authentic, you know what? I should be falling apart, but I'm not. And I thank God for that. It's His peace. It's not about me and my strong emotional well-being because I've psyched myself out for this. No, it's because God, His peace lives in me. His Spirit abides in me. The peace of God it cannot be accounted for humanly. As I was thinking about this passage this week, and with it being Father's Day, I, I thought back to one of probably the most powerful examples that I know I've experienced in in my own life in this whole reality of God. I'm praying for this, and God, I'm I'm asking for a very specific thing, and in the midst of this. I'm experiencing your peace, but I'm not getting the answer that I wanted. And I, I think back to this. This was probably 1989, uh, no, I'm sorry, 1997. 1997. Yes, that's when it was. Mary Margaret and I have been married for about seven years at this point. We've been trying to have kids for a number of years, and uh, we'd gone to specialists. Both of us had gone to specialists, and the good news was they couldn't find anything wrong with either one of us. The bad news was we still weren't able to have children, and so. Uh, Mary Margaret finally got pregnant, and we were so thrilled. We were elated. It was the spring of '97, and uh, and so everything was going along well. And then all of a sudden, toward the end of her first trimester, there are some problems that, that came up, and 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 so obviously we were very concerned, uh, and we went to some specialists, and they did some t- tests to make sure, you know, how's how is the baby? What's the viability of this pregnancy at this point? And I remember some friends coming over uh, to pray with us um, to, about this whole situation. And in, in, things weren't looking good. They were not looking good for the viability of his pregnancy. And, and I remember uh, standing in the foyer of our house and um, a couple uh, good friends of ours uh, who were still good friends of ours praying with us. And I remember in the midst of that, the manifest presence of God, that sense of God's nearness, his closeness, just coming and wrapping his arms around us. And that sense of, "Ah, you're with us, God. You're with us. And I automatically, in my own mind, I automatically just jumped to the, everything's going to be okay, and the baby's going to be fine. And two days later, that was not the case. And God and I had a big conversation, like, God, what was up with that? It's like, psych, in my own mind, in my own limited spiritual capacity, it was sort of like, what the heck were you doing with that? I mean, and then, and God, in his grace, and his love, and his kindness, I just sensed him saying, Reese, I knew what was going to happen, and I want you to know that I'm with you, and I'm going to continue to be with you. And he was. And that was one of those situations where we were desperately praying, God, uh, bring healing to this baby. Bring bring this baby to full fruition. And and that didn't happen. Thankfully, uh, Mary Margaret got pregnant again right shortly after that. And uh, her name is now Lily, and it was then too. And uh, she's 25 and got a lot of great things going on in her life. And God blessed us with two more children. But in the midst of that moment, that was definitely one of those times where it's like, God, I, I'm I'm praying with petitions and thanksgiving. I'm praying every way I know how. A lot of you joined us in praying uh, for that, and and it didn't turn out the way that we wanted. But God's peace, it was real. It was not some thing that we sort of manipulated and tried to contrive. It was a real sense of God's presence. Was there disappointment? Yeah. Was there grief? You bet. But there was peace in the midst of that. And that is what God is calling us to in this situation. A peace of God that can't be accounted for humanly. It made no sense and didn't make sense to me. And I was experiencing it and it certainly didn't make sense to particularly unbelievers who were walking along with us who knew that we were Christians and we've been praying for this and now this had happened. It transcends human rationale and reasoning. It, it, It definitely does that. It also... It protects our heart. This is another thing that God does with his peace. He protects our hearts. He protects our minds like a military fortress or a garrison. And I, I, as I think back on just, just how that was so evident, it has been so evident to so many of us in so many different ways. One of the, the examples I think back in, in March of, of 2020, after the, our country began to shut down and everybody was like, what the heck is this thing called COVID? and we're all trying to figure out, you know, what is this going to mean for our families? What is this going to mean for our livelihoods, our health, the health of our country, our world? What is this going to mean, as I'm thinking as a pastor, what is this going to mean for our church? And I remember uh, we, you know, it started to shut down everything, and people were staying at home, and I remember having a 36-hour internal panic attack. I mean, I don't know (laughs) necessarily that that my people living in my house with me knew what was going on with me, but you know, we were all at home, and I remember taking lots of walks. We all got to know our neighborhoods a lot better that year, didn't we? And uh, outside in our back porches and our front yards, and I remember shortly after everything just sort of hit the fan and and we are shut down, I remember having like a thirty six hour panic attack. It was an internal one, but it was not pretty. And I'm ta- taking walks, I am praying, I'm asking God, what is going on here? What, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do? And, and I remember on one of those walks just experiencing God. I can't describe it. I cannot tell you, you know, what was going on, but I just know there was this sense of whew, God is with me. God is with me. God is protecting me. In that moment, I did. I felt fortified. I felt empowered. And and as you well know, COVID didn't end the next day, all right? It didn't. It continued on for quite a lengthy period of time, all the repercussions of it. But in the midst of that, just knowing God you're with me. And the Holy Spirit began to give us directives, began to give our leadership team, our finance team, directives on how to walk through that next season. And I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit gave us that clarity. He brought us Rather than having distracted uh, minds that were just all over the place and spirits, he was able to give us focus and, and give us things to, to help us navigate that very, very difficult season. Even though COVID didn't end the next day, it went on. So let me just say this, God, his, his peace is amazing. It, it, it transcends our understanding. It guides our hearts and minds. He calls us to be people of his peace as a result of being people of his presence, being people who worship him and pray to him, uh, bringing our cares, praying in every way that we know how, giving thanksgiving to him and being open to his peace. And while we first experience his peace as individuals, uh, God's peace is meant to not just be for us, but it is meant to flow from us and into the world around us as well. It's important that we recognize that. Any Any fans of, of peanuts, cartoons, any, any peanuts fans love the peanuts. Uh, one of our favorite things to do every Christmas is Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, still love it. Uh, apparently, one super fan of the Peanuts decided to create a disc personality profile of some of the major peanut characters, which is pretty interesting. I'm like, you've got way too much time on your hands. Lucy, of course, she's a D uh, in the disc profile, dominant, determined, decisive. Sally and I, inspiring, interactive, interested in people. Charlie Brown, you know he's an S, uh, supportive, sensitive, steady. Uh, And Linus, cautious, consistent, conscientious guy, Linus. Now, they didn't create a profile for one of my favorite peanut characters, Pigpen, all right? They didn't didn't do one for Pig Pit. He goes around, cloaked in, in his word, a dust of countless ages. Uh, And, you know, he's a great guy. Uh, He may be dirty on the outside, but he's confident in the inside, and he carries with him this this dignity. And in the cartoon, he treats others well, and he hopes they'll do the same, although they don't. So I want to ask you this. Now, not from a, a physical exterior dirty standpoint, but how many of you know people that when they enter into a situation that they are an emotional pig pen in a negative way? Anybody know anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. Don't point to anybody here in the worship center that you know. Hey, uh, yeah, when I saw the picture, I thought of you. Uh, <laughs> love in him. Yeah, so... They come into a setting with all their drama, and in a matter of minutes, what had been a calm situation, all of a sudden, everything is in upheaval. How do these kind of people affect you? How do they affect you uh, when when you're in these situations? Uh, Family systems therapist Edwin Friedman, who wrote a a wonderful wonderful book called Failure of Nerve, he coined the term non-anxious presence non-anxious presence, and it's someone who is able to not be drawn into the fray of anxiety swirling around him or her like a, like a pig pen, like an emotional pig pen. Now, let me say this, being non-anxious, it doesn't mean that that we, you know, that we are not detached, that we just sort of rise above it all. I'm not going to be bothered with the cares of your world. That's not at all what it means, but it means that we learn to identify our own anxieties, what sets us off. It's important that we know that, and then that we process them in healthy ways that ultimately begin with prayer, but can certainly include other things as well, like therapy and and just being able to talk them out. You know, because we need clarity. We need discernment on where we end... And, and where others began. And, and we want to avoid the extremes and we, we find ourselves in these situations because some of us walk into these situations like, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. So we become indifferent. Or we become so enmeshed in it and we're so enmeshed in it that it, all of a sudden we lose our perspective and that problem that the emotional pig pen has come on has now become our problem and we're swept up in it and their drama and all the crazy that goes along with it. And some of you are saying, Reese, you are describing my last family reunion. And uh, I'm so sorry when that happens, but I believe it happens to all of us. But healthy space, clarifying our values, and staying connected to one another, these are things that that we need to do. This is called differentiation. And this is where uh, we recognize that people who are able to recognize those differences, that we don't become you know, detached or indifferent, and we don't become so enmeshed, but we're able to, to recognize healthy boundaries and, and stay above the fray, we can manage uh, reactivity and become a non-anxious presence by just seeing this. And believe me, I see this in church, I see this in families, I see this in our community, and I pray for more and more discernment to be able to recognize and to see that. These ways may involve counseling in terms of helping to to figure out these things. Maybe finding a group of a small group that you can just be very open and honest and share uh, about what's going on with you. Trusted friends. Um, maybe it's it's about also being involved with physical activity, even humor. Not taking yourself too seriously or situations too seriously. But it's always us being able to be truly non-anxious present. Uh, people of non-anxious presence is ultimately always going to be rooted. In the peace of God, and our experience of the peace of God in our own hearts, in our own lives. And it's rooted in that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's it's founded on the ongoing prayer and communion that God calls us to, resulting in his peace. And and I want to say specifically, dads, I want to challenge us to make sure that we are able to be Uh, non-anxious presence uh, to our families and to our homes, people that really possess that. Yeah, stuff happens. It's not about saying, oh, well, my family's fine. We never have any situations or issues to deal with. But when they do happen, to be able to, to be present, don't go run in your man cave and binge watch Ozark, okay? That is not what is called for in that moment, It it is about, at the same time, not losing your head and not losing uh, just discernment and clarity in that moment. It is about being, being involved. It's about being aware. It's also being tuned into the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you doing in this situation? What is your best for me and my family and this whole situation? I need your discernment. I need you to clarify. Come, Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you whenever, whether you're a dad or mom or uh, you don't have kids, but you find yourself in the midst of uh, emotional pig pens all the time, you find yourself being sucked in. It's like, God, I want to be a non-anxious presence in these situations. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill you every day, as Paul tells us. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a continuation so that we can practice peace, that we can model peace, and that we can offer God's peace to our anxious world. And that's my hope and my prayer for us. In fact, this morning, I want to invite all of our, if you are a dad, a stepfather, a grandfather, an expectant father, would you just stand right where you are? And I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you that we would be Non-anxious presence to the people in our worlds. If you are a spouse or a child and or you're just a friend sitting with someone, I just encourage if you want to put your lay your hand on the person, just join me in just praying a prayer of blessing as we move from this time and looking at God's word into, into worship. Holy Spirit, come. I thank you that you are our source of peace. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would fill. Every father in this room, every grandfather, every stepfather, every expectant father, with your peace that passes understanding, your peace that doesn't make sense from our human rationale. Holy Spirit, I pray that each of these men would be a non-anxious presence to the families, to the worlds that you have invited and called them into. I pray that they would not detach, but I pray that they would would be available, that they'd be fully aware, that they'd be fully connected, first and foremost with you and what you're doing. Holy Spirit, I pray for eyes to see what you're doing. I pray for discernment to know what you are calling for in each situation. Lord, I just I pray for the, the, the oneness, the shalom, the wholeness. I, I pray that you'd come and, and, and bring together thoughts and emotions that are distracted and that are divided, that you would come and bring those and make them one and speak clarity, speak life. Bring your kingdom, Lord. Your kingdom is a kingdom of you setting things right, the fullness of joy, and the indescribable, unexplainable peace of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.